but equal level, yeah, I'd say. Okay, so like close enough. Uh. <sighs> you seem seem a little ragged there, bro. You okay? I feel ragged. You do? Well, I hope you find some way to not be ragged. Mm. I don't know how to help. Physical therapy is not working. Uh. The uh, so the car wreck, like my shoulder is. Like, even, like, leaning over here and, like, doing mouse stuff, like, doesn't feel good. Mm. I've been going through physical therapy, and it's, well, hopefully, like, neck's getting better, but shoulder has started to hurt more. And I don't know if that's just the process of healing. <laughs> I could be, or they just need to give you some kick-ass drugs, I hope. <sighs> Aspirin was the thing that actually worked. Really? Like, they gave me They gave me ibuprofen and, like, a couple other things. And they all made me feel like crap, but just taking plain old aspirin worked. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, aspirin, one of the things I like about aspirin is that it works really fast. Like, it's, it's usually really quick. Like, especially if you get, like, just a little pressed tablet, you take them and it's like, bum. You know, but. Is that, is that a thing? Aspirin? How fast it works? Yeah. I mean, for me. No. <laughs> I just, I've never, I've, I've never, like, been into. I've never been old before, Dan. Oh, you're, oh, don't worry. I, I got lots of advice. <laughs> Make sure you uh, some you will come to an age where you have to sort of cinch up your scrotum before you sit down on the toilet, because <laughs> you'll you'll be dunking otherwise. That's bad. Oh God! Get there, buddy. <laughs> and this is I made a Facebook post about this a couple days ago. Like <laughs> laughing, laughing feels like my chiropractor because every time I get a good laugh, <laughs> it just cracks. Oh, dude, it, it like it doesn't. It feels like it doesn't just crack. It feels like. The deck is being reshuffled. Is what it feels like. It feels like a Vegas, like poker table dealer has just gone. Like it travels. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I got more of a reason to make you laugh. That's good. Uh, you, uh, you, you miss it. Like, do you miss stage time right now? Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's so weird because like you get up here and this is such a great room for comedy. I've yeah. been in so many other rooms at this point, like, but I started off in this one. Yeah. And I didn't realize how good this room was until I started traveling around for a little bit. And this room is so good for comedy and it's so intimate in a way. Like you could just fit like how many people in this place? Thirty-seven. That's a lot. Yeah. But even if you pack this place, which I've been here when it's been packed, uh, for I can't remember Miller. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Brian. Yeah, Brian, Brian Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whoever's. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Should probably remember his name. <laughs> He's open for Chappelle. How dare you? I know, right? No, but I mean, he but was hilarious. He's just yeah, got one no, of those Brian, names. Brian's Brian's good. Like Brian's like as about as I like I'm I am he he is he performs in spaces that are that are below his league. Like he's a top tier comedian. Oh yeah, he's hilarious. But like, because but because he pursues like other things, like he does the writing and he does some other things. Like I don't know if like it's it's all geared in in towards comedy so like he's he's i think he's like still filming something i don't know what they're doing he should be up he's there up there guy. right now like he's he's i've seen posts from him being like hey i'm doing this or i'm doing that and i'm like Ugh. yeah but he packed this place and it still felt intimate yeah like it's, it's, i i miss like you get in it maybe it's part of it it's nostalgia because i had performed one other time before i came here no and it was on the stage of a bar and it was two o'clock in the morning no um, you know, not that big a deal, you know, it's fine, but I, I liked it. Okay. But then I came here and I saw, okay, this is what a comedy show is supposed to feel like, you know, yeah. this is, this is what it was. And, you know, like I've said it before and I'll say it again, like all the comics in this area, owe you a debt of gratitude for, oh, for hush. doing it. 
Yeah. Well, I know. well it, and it all, it all goes back to like I said with that. I, I can't. I don't know if I was talking to Elizabeth or Bruce, but talking about Kyle Scanlon, who, you know, if the world ever snaps together again, you may you may cross paths with him if you ever go up to Chicago. But like, it's like I really took cues from him on like how to just work on both yourself and like still run the show all at the same time. Yeah. Like that, and it's it's difficult. And like, he's another person who like, you know. Comedy's just fucking cutthroat, man. And you either get lucky or you don't. Yeah. It can only matter like how being good only matters so much. Like the other eighty percent of it is like, did you catch a break? Yeah. And yeah, like, and when well, did you catch a break? <laughs> I totally believe that one hundred percent. I also believe that you're only gonna catch the break by how many times, like mathematically, how many times you get on stage. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Like if you get on stage like a hundred times total in your career, your odds of getting your break is going to be really low yeah well the, the other side is being any good too but like at some point in time you've got to cross that threshold and like have performed so many times that like you're just in this league of people you know up the 5,000 club or who, who knows yeah that's a made-up thing that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever no, i get what you're saying though yeah. <laughs> made-up thing for episode 23 of the wtf carbondale podcast i'm <laughs> continuing the uh theme of getting my comedian ducks in a row with all the folks that make up uh what is the the local performer comedy scene here uh in carbondale and the surrounding area again episode 23 wtf carbondale podcast interesting people interesting lives little old place we call home carbondale illinois welcoming my good fan my good friend yeah who i am a fan of the king of the onesie Daniel Campbell. I just cheered for myself. That's a new low in my life. That's <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a question for you. Have you ever had something that you knew was important coming up and you forgot to do the laundry? <laughs> no. Whoa, no me yeah, personally, it's... having forgot to do the laundry, sure. But I've got good people in my life that take care of me and somehow manage to keep me from being without laundry. And uh, you're forced to go out in a onesie. You're a wonderful person. Yeah. Because it's not people. Well, nobody loves me in my life, so... I'm okay. <laughs> Dude, That's all right. it's so devastating. Yeah, it's every like, t- I laugh. Every time you because... go with the self-deprecation, I'm just oh, like, ah, oh, no. I have Poor to. Dan. Oh, man, if I don't do it, I know someone else will. That That's one of the things about being self-deprecating I like, is that's probably why I started being self-deprecating. Is like, I started to gain a lot of weight whenever I was younger, and one of the things I did, if I make fat jokes about myself, uh-huh. other people won't. Uh-huh. Take the bullets out of the gun and shoot myself with them, <laughs> which is a terrible analogy. I just throw them at my own toes. There we go. I, just, I throw ow. them away. I'll be like, bad me for being chubby. <laughs> but at mm. least I didn't shoot my own foot off. That's true, yet. You yeah. don't know me, though. Like, no, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've been, like, I've got to go ahead and say it. I'm not sure if you were recording before when I said this, but I'm going to go and say it again because I know you're terrible with uh, compliments. Well. What? You don't like the compliment of everybody that does comedy in the Southern Illinois no, I area? No, I, I hate that Owes shit. you? I hate, I hate, here's the deal, man. I like work and I hate accolades. Like, I, I, I do so much stuff because I'm trying to outrun my own mind. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's it. Like, 100%. I have a complex yeah. with being complimented. Like, it makes me wildly uncomfortable. I, uh, I'm pretty much the same way, and I've, I've sort of, got it up to uh i actually started going to therapy recently oh and, nice yeah and she convinced me she's like i see this a lot in men about like in their 30s uh-huh. a lot of times and they have a lot of like irish upbringing uh-huh. like i did yeah. 
um, or Catholic upbringing, even I guess. Um, They've been let down by these systems of white supremacy, and they just didn't rise to the warrior king <laughs> aspiration that they had for themselves. No, well, no, no, no. Yeah, she was just like you always make excuses for your for your uh, success. Why it's not a success? Like you you sabotage it yourself. You're like oh, because like uh, you know having done that show here, sold that show, I sit and say, well, yeah, but they weren't there for me. Yeah. And she's like, don't do that. You know, you you're there at a sold out show performing these people. They laughed. You know, just because they, the, the headliner wasn't you doesn't mean that you shouldn't take pride in that. I won't burst that bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, So please. it's cool, man. Like, I like uh, – so I what, I what I didn't realize before, I, it, it, like, I knew you were – you had, like, lived in DeSoto, but I didn't know you were, like, from from DeSoto, which is cool. Yep, homegrown DeSoto, man. Uh, it's just – it's nice to not feel like – like they make they make more of us here. You're not just mm -hmm. you know. It's like it's I'm not, not one of those migrant comedians. <laughs> plug in the back of your neck. Yeah, I'm not one of those migrant comedians. I, I came from Desoto, dang it, where we uh, we cornered the market on meth early. <laughs> we got in there. We friggin' we we own that market we, now. We kept we kept strong. It was smart. We got a monopoly on is that. Is there a, is there is there a meth problem in Desoto? Uh, there's all, they always like to joke that there's a meth problem in Desoto, but um, I haven't seen it personally. All right. Um, I've seen a lot of other stuff i've seen heroin a lot uh sort of running ran through there so huh. hilarious right yeah uh, let's keep this podcast live let's talk about heroin Aha, hey man it's 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 real talk <laughs> that's true uh, the uh no i yeah, no i never i never knew you know i like I, all the all the kids in high school that would have been from DeSoto. it's like they were drinkers but mm. like i never remember anybody from DeSoto being like you know what I like? Hard drugs. Like. <laughs> you guys want to see this? This my heroin needles, my heroin needle <laughs> collection. This one looks a little darker because it's got the oldest blood on it. <laughs> so did you, uh, did you go to did you go to CCHS? After, I did. Like Desoto Grade School and all that stuff. Yep, I went to DGS Desoto Grade School. Um, this is how I'm not sure if this is a sort of scathing indictment of Desoto Grade School or if it's just because I was a particularly stupid child. Oh. But I didn't know that most kids go to like grade school and then like a middle school like junior high whatever uh -huh. and then high school i thought that since DeSoto's was just one big school that that's you just went from first grade to eighth grade in one school it and wasn't then, considered junior high or anything and like that the school system just pooped you out and you were on the farm no. yep pretty much pretty much and i you know what's funny around here is uh, my daughter's got this book uh like something like agriculture or something like i wonder if they teach that in big big schools like in uh suburban areas and stuff like they're not suburban but uh, urban areas and stuff hmm. i doubt it I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've just got the the fragmented standards of schooling across the United States. Like, it's wild. And I and I get I, so I had a uh, I had a uh, a guest on who's a who's a high school uh, teacher uh, more in kind of the you know what what you could say is the is the high school kind of vocational realm like teaching business style mm, classes and, like specialized kind of thing. Uh, you know, she she was talking about how Carbondale's got you know umpteen specialized programs for students versus you know smaller towns around that may just strictly have uh you know a certain set of activities and it's like man if you're if you're in a place that's offering a variety of options like you're lucky like because that's yeah. not every school in this country yeah it's 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 rough man i mean because i remember and this is going to sound so weird is like I, I didn't realize how important education was, not just to, you know, like finding a good job, good college, everything like that. It's just being like 
aware of the world around you. Uh-huh. Like, because I remember, I don't remember a whole lot or understanding a whole lot. I remember feeling confused about quite a few things that people would be talking about until I got like out of house, high school and started learning things on my own. And now I feel more like awake, you know, like I realize what people are talking about, what the important things that are happening in the world. You know, I, I now I owe that to me trying to get an education and, you know, after I went to college and everything like that and got my degree, I feel more, I mean, maybe that's just the way time works, really. You know, too. <laughs> time time unsheepifies you. Yeah, I guess so, sheeple. That's one thing I started recently doing is uh, trying to keep a journal. It's not so much that I want to, it's not so much that, like, I feel like I have important things to say. It's uh-huh. more that I was watching this, uh, I think it was a Vsauce video where it's talking about how old are you? I'll bet you can't think of a single important memory from each year of your life, let alone each day. Oof. Yeah, so, like, what? what's the point then? What's the point of life if you're not going to remember doing most of the stuff? And, uh, but, like, that, and he said two things. It was, like, a Robert Frost quote, quote, which I don't remember the quote exactly, but it was something about along the lines of, like, I don't remember all the trips that I went and all the books that I read, but they are what make me me, you know? So I remember the way it made me feel, stuff like that. And, uh, but I started from that. I also panicked. And it blew my mind. Uh, so I'm like, I'm going to start keeping a journal. That way I can actually remember some things about that happened to me have happened last year. So, yeah. that's that's. Wait, that's, you said what about panic? I, I, oh, I, pan- I had a, like, existential crisis. Oh. Uh, Freaking, because I sat in there and thought, oh, my God, I can't think of things that happened when I was, like, say, if someone were to say 12 years old. Yeah. What's something you remember from when you were 12 years old? I can't remember a thing that happened when I was 12 years old specifically. <laughs> you know? So I was just like, oh, crap. My life is a lie. My life is a dream. Like, I can't remember anything, so. It's in the ether. Do you remember if you anything? you had a time 12? machine, you wouldn't even know where to go. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah well, I, I was like, which, which boring year of my life would I go back to? You uh, know. What was the most boring year of your life? <laughs> or, or it could be that I've just had, growing up in DeSoto, so many horrific experiences that my psyche has blocked them all out. Maybe. Not Sorry. Really. That's a phone call that i don't need to answer all right well i won't i won't talk crap about desoto anymore actually i love growing up in desoto no i mean like DeSoto, like legitimately desoto seemed like a good town like I, for like in terms of it being just a neighboring small town to carbondale like i it's really not you know i i don't you know sure there were there were plenty of plenty of folks that had their own opinions like from the town that whatever like but the i just i remember desoto kids in high school being like decent kids like not just absolutely awful people you got the good ones no i'm playing yeah um, right. <laughs> uh, but no yeah growing up desoto was pretty good and i don't know if i want to blame that or you know say that that's uh that it was actually really nice or if i was just a kid and kids tend not to pay attention to that kind of thing yeah you know they don't i think adults worry far more about it than kids ever do i mean because like i grew up super poor but i didn't know that until i was a teenager you know, it didn't matter to me. Everybody else was poor. It all looked the same. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> how, but how am I the only one being sent home with lice? <laughs> Why do they say I have scabies and nobody else? The the lice stuff, man. I they I don't I don't know what the policy is for lice in schools now, but it's not, I, I don't know that it is ideal. Like just the the. I don't, I don't know if they communicate with people about whether or not, like, there's lice outbreaks in school. And I don't know if that's, like, a to try and protect kids in a particular way or, like, what the what the thought is. My, and, they don't want, they I, want kids to be ridiculed. Do what? They don't want, like, oh, Johnny's out for lice today. They don't yeah. want him to be ridiculed. 
And I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. I Try just, protect I, them I wish uh, the, them children. there was, there was warning, <laughs> some sort of warning system. There. Yeah. Like, hey. I think they're supposed to do something. They're supposed to be like, Hey, someone's got lies. Yeah. If you can guess who it is, vote uh, for Ruben. <laughs> Call this number and push pound 12 to vote for little Timmy. Oh no. <laughs> oh God. Just the, the stuff, this, uh, the stuff that would happen to kids that you would never live down, like as a child. Like I would, I don't know what it's like to be like eighty years old and still be that kid that like, you know. I'm thirty-seven. At 80, at eighty years old to still right. have like something that happened in grade school stick with you. Like I'm sure that's a thing. I'm sure people have had those experiences. <laughs> <sighs> well, then you could just be like, oh, you want to make fun of that time I wet my pants in the fourth grade? Well, your wife's dead. Stab. (laughs) I know how to. Don't come at me, you old geriatric shits. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Talk shit to the old people, Dan. Yeah, they love me. Tell them what's up. The um. uh, So so have you have you like been into podcasting or was like starting the like the pandemic an excuse for you to like get into this more? Um, so I did podcasting, uh, initially back in like 2008, 2009. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Before it was cool. And I would like to point out that it was horrible, horrible podcast. It was, (laughs) it was atrocious. I mean, I was proud of the fact that we were, you know, we did start pretty early, but, uh, the, the idea behind is we played video game music. And we put, we acted like it was a radio station because podcasts were so young. No one really knew how to do it. Yeah. So it was just like. Well, we're going to do it like a radio station. So it was me and my buddy talking about video games, play a song, talk about the game that the song was based on, and then talk about news and then songs. You know, it was almost like a radio station. Um, but then, like, I love the guy to death. He's still one of my best friends, but he would just never show up. Like, oh. we would be like, all right, Sunday at noon. I'll see you there. See you next week. And then just come Tuesday. he would be like, oh, sorry, I forgot. I'm like, how can you forget? It's every week. How can you, how can you forget? It's every single week. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that's how that went and we i ended up i was about a year or two years into it and i'm like i can't do this anymore i can't i can't chase him down were you just doing it by yourself or were you like oh you had to like chase you were still chasing him down to like get him to do the podcast um it was chasing him down because i, I would have been okay doing it by myself but he really enjoyed being part of the podcast oh, okay. and i feel like it would kind of ruin our friendship if i just went off without him <laughs> um, so it was kind of it, it was really annoying because yeah he wouldn't show up and i'd get really frustrated and uh, it's just it wasn't worth the the trouble a uh, quick question do you know why podcasts are called podcasts um because they originated on the ipod and Very so good. they are since like that that was the thing like i tip my non-existent hat to you yeah, yeah. that's exactly right, that's exactly right. I, most so, people don't know that so of of the of the amount uh, of the joe rogan that i will watch one of the guests that i'd like to watch are um what's the adam something or other the guy that was like the old mtv vj oh. and like he was the he was the, like the first guy to do a podcast in like yeah, 2003 adam, adam carolla was big uh for big podcast he still is isn't he not no not because that's that like adam carolla and jimmy kimmel had like the man show and then mm-hmm. whatever no, no 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 that's not not adam this was a I gotta like look this up. You gotta look this shit up. I don't usually, I don't usually do this. It's important stuff, man. Um, I won't be able to sleep tonight until you tell me. That's the, so. I'm, I, like, I'm, that's what I'm going for. Me Hold as on. the guest, I feel like you owe it to me. I do. To I look do it up. owe you Joe Rogan. 
You know, I don't really mind Joe Rogan that much. I mean, Adam, I disagree with Adam him on some Curry. stuff. Adam Curry. Oh, Adam Curry. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right. Yeah. I don't disagree with Joe Rogan on a, a, like a ton, but like I'd say about a good, about a third of his stuff I disagree on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 allowed to disagree with. Like and sometimes something. it makes me angry, and I'll turn off that episode. But, Here's you know. the thing. Here's the thing about Rogan, man. Rogan, Rogan plays like the. Oh, it's it's just a dumb thought. It's not really my opinion, and I don't really have a bunch of facts to back it up. Thing, but what he's doing is like introducing and invalidating things in the ether. Yeah. And then like, so I so I watched the I I listened all the way through to his most recent one with Donnell Rawlings and um, Dave Chappelle. Um, mm. Like I just forgot who Dave Chappelle was. For yeah, a that's second. pretty like, pretty big pretty or a pretty big slip there, that. buddy. Um, <laughs> so he does he does that with those guys and. Um, like he's he's talking about how, you know, he's back and forth on election, uh, on the election being, you know, on there not being, uh, you know, people out there trying to scam the election and some other mm -hmm. stuff. He's back and forth on like, well, I'm sure it's not like a non-zero number of people that have tried to vote twice or this, that, the other thing or blah, blah, blah. And he's like playing that up like that's a thing. And then he's like, ah, but I don't really, you know, want to want to sit here and, you know, really take a hard stance on this. I don't know. I'm not an expert. And then, like, he gets into, like, more conspiracy theory shit in there back and forth about how, oh, well, John F. Kennedy's um, family was bootleggers. He was like, no, I bet those. And he was like, oh, well, that's just a rumor. And then and then it, it was the same like, thing no, Trump I bet does that too. shit's true. I bet they're just trying to hide that shit, blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, you can't. Like you can't just switch gears in your confidence like that. That's how Donald Trump does it too. Is like if he gets called out on something that he made, that he said that was like false, like abhorrently false, he'll make up a person and say, "Oh well, somebody told that to me." Yeah. Like no, you just made that up out of your head, and now yeah. you know the little person in your head made it. But yeah, Rogan, like he really irritates me when he does exactly that. Like he was talking about COVID a while back, and he said to to I think it was with Tom Papa, he's like, "I'm not a scientist, and neither are you." And then he proceeds to talk about. You know, as an expert on COVID, you know, like you can't say I'm not a scientist and then go, you know, I start yeah. talking about expert on, you know, uh, this virus. But well, and then, and, you know, and I, and I I don't know who specifically I can I can pinpoint, but I feel like I've seen folks that he's brought on before where he'll where he'll like bring on somebody who's like a, a not dead center expert on something like somebody who's goes to, you know, is is part of something at Harvard or MIT or whatever else, but has like, you know. 30% of what they think is like fringe theory and 70% of what they say is like solid gold, like everybody else in their profession. And mm -hmm. so like he finds a way to like find the 30% crazy shit in the one person that like has the credentials, but also has some of the, <laughs> some of the um, falsities in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and another uh, dangerous thing that he does is like, he'll say, Oh, this is kind of a conspiracy theory. I don't really believe it. But if he says something like really horrible and terrible, like some people have that voice in the back of their head saying, oh, I, I think this terrible, terrible thing, but I won't say it out loud and I won't act on it because I know it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But then whenever you hear somebody who's in a point of power like Rogan or somebody say like that, entertain that idea, yeah. they'll sort of rationalize it in their head of like, oh, maybe I'm not wrong thinking that. You know, maybe the other people think that way too. So maybe I should say the N word out loud in traffic when someone cuts me off. Oof. Probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, the, um, I, I, and, and it's like what switch is being flipped where, right? So you can, you can say things in sequential order, you know, um, I believe this, but I'm not sure in that. And then you can say, um, I don't believe in this. I am sure in that. And because you flipped those four switches all at once, 
that center part can be pulled out and the part that you said i believe this even though that was the thing that you didn't have proof of because you ended somewhere on and i know that that's the truth the middle minutiae gets pulled out of it Mm -hmm. and now there's not as much context in it even though there's like the full shot of like hey we just had a three hour long conversation and like there's very clearly components to that conversation that like tell you what i believe and what i don't believe what i'm confident in, what i'm not confident in but you only picked out the select things that i said (laughs) i feel like we such touched on a nerve for you buddy you okay yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I just yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm with you right there. It's I think it's, you're doing too much staring at that camera, by the way. Am I? Yeah. Oh yeah. I Sorry, I'm like trying. It. It's like trying to address the people at home, kind of. Yeah. Thing, no, you know? talk to talk to me. Okay. Talk to me. Less right, less good. less staring down the people at home in the camera. More but, comfortable with Nathan. But I love them. They don't <laughs> they know how badly know I want to look into their eyes and tell them how much I want them to lick the bottom of my foot. That's how I. That's, is that how foreplay works? I love, I love, I love like hearing you try and like hold yourself back from going too crazy. Yeah, yeah. I got to stay PG thirteen. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, lick the bottom of my foot. You know, that's right up there with trick or treat. Smell my feet. The top so. ero- erogenous zone is the bottom of the foot, Nathan. You <laughs> need to learn crazy? these things. <laughs> Somebody. Oh my God. So I've got. Um, I've just. I've. I've. Uh, I've. I've uh, built a solid following of haters on the internet Ooh. as of lately in a couple different places go figure Fun. and as somebody somebody posted my my profile picture to um a carbondale group that spun off of the wtf carbondale group and they said like this mf right here licks toes and some <laughs> other stuff and like i'm in the group and i just like posted a little gif of like a gross toe like extending out and something nice. it was just uh i would just did a couple of that with like you ain't wrong <laughs> right i mean as long as it ain't like as long as those toes are attached to a friggin' willing participant you know adult yeah we're good consenting adult <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm up for try just about anything you know well not anything there's been sometimes pg-13 let's PG-13. keep pg-13 yeah you, you got this i appreciate you you're uh yeah buddy are you uh so you're a you're a dance dad yeah what's it yes. like being a dance dad i try to be as off hands as possible well that sounded <laughs> the phrasing of that was real bad yeah yeah no nah, man it's i'm gonna like, let it lay there though yeah because <laughs> there's no putting it back in yeah like, it's already yeah, said no, no, no um so, but yeah i try to stay out of as much as possible but i'll go to our meetings or not meetings but uh what are they called not meets uh recitals yeah. and stuff um and competitions oh, so, it's, so it's not like competitions it's like recitals well she has recitals and competitions okay. but um i'll go to some of these competitions or recitals what have you and then some of the very uncomfortable moves they've got these young girls doing is really man where they're getting them young yeah mm. what, dude, Ooh, i like, mean the the i don't i i don't know what the cuties controversy was other than the headlines of it but like i can imagine man like how exploitative is certain cultural like cultures and like what we're doing to these kids, like I don't know. Well, and I, and I sat and thought about it too. Is like I get really freaked out when I go to one of those uh, competitions, and I know I shouldn't feel this way. I really shouldn't, but but it's just like my upbringing. You know, I was bra- raised in a really conservative household, yeah. um, so I immediately think, look, and there's judges, and there's usually a male judge, uh-huh. and immediately in my head, I'm like, what's that creep doing here? Yeah, you know, even though I know he's probably fine, you know, he's probably just a, a stand-up Rape. guy, you yeah. know, perfectly normal. No way he's doing things under the table while the little girls twerk on the stage. Yeah, dude, I mean, like, fuck, Boy Scouts of America, 82,000 
cases of sexual assault over a nearly hundred year period. Mm. Right. Like too much, like, okay. The save the children shit was all a play off of QAnon, right? Mm. There, that, that all developed out of conspiracy theory activity. And that was how conspiracy theory activity really cemented itself in mainstream uh, media culture. I mean, that literally just happened like three months ago. Like that's not a new, or that's not an old thing. Yeah. It feels um, old because of the way time works now. The, and, but like, so things like that devalue and discredit the reality of something like 82,000 boy scouts being yeah. sexually assaulted over a hundred year period. Like they're like the, the, the violence exists within the institutions, not just this, you know, thing on the, not just this thing on the street of like, you know, uh, out of nowhere by chance, somebody off the street is, is kidnapping people. Yes, that occurs right. like, a, you know, Catholic church, right. People talk about yeah, the, the, the popes and, uh, you know, both, both our current and, uh, most recent Pope being, aware of activity of a high ranking cardinal it's like all this stuff is very real but nobody actually wants to like really dig in right on the institutions they still want to pretend like this random act of violence is the thing that really threatens them when really it's the thing that they are too often willing to stand up for and not against yeah way too far off i'm so sorry that no we you're fine man this. you're fine I, I hey it's therapy dude get it out yeah. <laughs> what did what did uh you know the uh boy scout master tim do to you yeah like, what, yeah, tell me I was, yeah, I was show me on the boy scout doll where he touched you nathan <laughs> i uh, i never spent a whole lot of time in uh in boy scouts i mean i did i did a little bit of boy scouts but nothing crazy Turns out the boy scouts the, do a little bit of you <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's okay sorry pg-13 I, I stopped i didn't go too far right yes. <laughs> this may be the podcast that i cut up because i was like <laughs> i really didn't want to go this direction but no man are. it's funny no um i like farts <laughs> <laughs> so i i want to i want to replace for the timing like my my thought is that we we get just like two comedians plus a host. So like three people yeah. and just like have a BS back and forth podcast. Oh, absolutely. Kind of like what Jorge and Jamal and Jalen do like that, that kind of style. And but just with white people. that into <laughs> the WTF Carbondale thing and just bullshit around. Well, one thing I, I, I would love to do, uh, I wish, wish someone would do a podcast, uh, but I feel like no one would be, I'm not going to use the word brave. I guess dumb enough to do it um, is like a writer's room podcast because we've both been in writers, you know, situations before people writing jokes and stuff uh -huh. like that. And it gets nasty. Like yeah. it gets real bad and offensive, yeah. like horribly offensive, yep. like disgustingly offensive. I would want to see like a podcast or a video, a YouTube video, something like that, a stream of people getting around and doing that, like sitting around a table, like watching a, a YouTube video, like, all right, let's make up a bunch of jokes or, you know, like let's look at the news and make up some jokes kind of yeah. thing. But I feel like everybody in that room would get canceled so fast. Yeah. No, that would, uh, <laughs> that would be a quick way to end careers. But, but I don't know. Like, I feel like if you preface it with, Hey, we're going to be offensive as hell. And like, we're comfortable with that. You know, uh, maybe it'd be I, better I feel, than, I feel like I was talking to Bruce about this shit too. Mm -hmm. Legion of skanks. Like that's what some of these dudes do. Like there is a, there is a, market for like hyper like 
awful. It's raw. Just yeah. raw. Now, their problem is it comes with, like, a political tint. It's not just, like, raw for raw's sake. Like, mm-hmm. they are on they are on a part of the political spectrum that they themselves embody. But... Well, I mean, one thing that... That's one of the reasons I don't actually do political humor whenever I'm on stage is, one, I want the whole room to laugh, not just half the room. Yeah. You know? Uh, two, I want it to be good 10 years down the road. Yeah. I want to be able to tell a joke... 20 years down the road and it'll still be funny if i tell a joke about ross perot right now it's not exactly gonna be Ooh man it, yeah it's not gonna ross be as Pro's funny a zinger though man yeah uh not enough to be, okay here's the deal if you had if you had the room of 50 or older yeah i know like, your audience yeah you could, you, i mean you could land you could land i mean it wouldn't matter what side of political spectrum they were on they just had to be old enough but, uh, but yeah but how often are you gonna be able to use that joke you know just, a ross perot I, joke i don't know man uh, Danny Carvey doesn't really have a career anymore, so maybe that's a good example of like. Yeah, that's true. It's not. It's not working. I mean, yeah. but I'm sure he's like opted to not do stuff. Like, oh yeah, because he could get stand-up gigs. I'm sure just fine, you know. And people would come just for the nostalgia of it. Yeah, like they wouldn't. They, he could be not funny at this point. Like he's he's such a legend at this point that he could do uh, a, a tour, be like sit there and read from the phone book. Yeah, and he'd still make money. You know, he's doing the church that, lady but. voice. I'm sorry? Because he'd do it in the church lady voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> well I'll tell you about Adam Ansel. You know, I can't do a very good church lady. The, uh, <laughs> that was pretty bad church lady, but anyway. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> I, um, I... So you got any questions for me? I got a question for you. Yeah, what's your question? What uh, is your favorite uh, comedy right now, whether it be movie, uh, podcast, a show, uh, anything? Like, I got my answer, but I want to hear your answer first. Uh Would you like me to go first? <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, man. I just I don't think of media in terms of, I mean, does it does the weakest link count? Like I've just been watching. Sure. I mean, if you get gain some kind of comedic uh, enjoyment from that, I would say so. Jane Lynch. Um, what is her name? Oh, uh, Jane Lynch. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Jane Lynch is. She's hilarious. You, you watch the weakest link as well? Oh yeah, I've watched it. Yeah. But have uh, you watched like the most recent season? Yeah. Okay. She's she's Jane Lynch is great. She's she's funny. I, I don't know. I really look at most reality tv was such a skeptic eye because uh-huh. like even like these uh you know judge shows where there's like a, a competition or something like that going on like uh i can see your voice or uh what is it masked singer like mm-hmm. you know half the things that the hosts say or the d- panel says you know that's like funny mm-hmm. someone wrote that joke like they're not coming up with it off the cuff yeah you know some comedy writer in a you know a writer's room wrote mm-hmm. that joke for them to respond with you know and it Everything about reality television is so manufactured that I, I don't like it. I know Weakest Leak isn't a reality show. Is that is that real though? I mean, these people. You don't think these people are that quippy? I think some of them are. I think hand. I think every now and then, like you got like your, uh, I think Co- or not uh, Conan O'Brien is like got such a quick wit. I think anytime he's in one of those situations, he's probably improving most of his stuff. You're real sad about Conan not having. I'm that really t-shirt. sad. Yeah, he's he's. 28 years to be doing a show and then i mean come on round up dude just how old is fucking conan o'brien that he's been doing Uh, i don't know i want to say he's in his like late 50s or something like that he's he's and he looks the same yeah the same he looks pretty much the same like you could tell in his energy levels though because i'm not sure if you know i'm a huge conan fan Uh yeah i'm a absolutely massive conan fan and he 
he can tell like watching his old stuff he has a lot more energy like he's a lot more energetic he's more what's called a sweat act where you know he's getting a lot of his laughs from his you know physical comedy mm-hmm. uh, and now he's much more reserved and, and stuff like slow looks at the camera like uh you know bob hope or uh what's his name jack benny you uh-huh. know like really small uh, really long pauses for comedic effect it's so. an interesting evolution Oh yeah, Dude. yeah. He he's taught me a lot about comedy. Um, but anyway, my favorite comedic thing right now is uh, Auntie Donna's uh, Big Old House of Fun on Netflix. It has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and I absolutely love stupid humor. Uh-huh. I love humor that doesn't have an axe to grind. Like it's not trying to insult anybody or hurt anybody or make anybody mad. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid, <laughs> and I absolutely love it. But. Um, surrealist comedy is pretty pretty good. Is it cartoon or is it people? No, it's people. It's a sketch show though, like so it's really over the top. Okay. Um, I don't know. For for me, like that's my favorite comedy is ones that isn't trying to make anybody mad. You know, they're, they're just trying to be silly and stupid. They don't take themselves seriously. Um, I think there's a place for other comedy, political comedy and stuff like that. That's great. I think if that works for you, awesome, wonderful. Oh, thanks for the pat on the back, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> Your stinging political commentary always makes me laugh, Nathan. Right. <laughs> but it does. Like, I, I'm okay with political comedy. It's just not for me, okay for me to perform. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not, my heart's not in that. Yeah. You know, because no, it, it feels like even if he's got it coming, it feels mean. Yeah. You know, to me, and I'm I'm just not that guy. I try not to be that guy. Sometimes yeah. I'm a dick because you no, know. No, 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 but I'm but you're dick, but you're but right. I mean, you're not a, you're not a bully in any way, shape, or form. Like, oh, you're shucks. very Thanks. Away, you're very away from the attack. And and now that we've solidified that, oh, let's talk shit about Pepsi. Let's talk shit about Pepsi. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh mm. yeah, we both worked for Pepsi. That was fun. Oh, not I, together at the same time, but we both worked for that hellish, freaking disgusting terrible company um i was telling uh nathan before the show that uh that whenever i left there i kept my uniform shirts because they make you pay for them i'm not gonna give them back yeah um but it's actually not bad it's got like a huge pepsi logo on the back name embroidered everything i used to wear this thing around the mall everywhere while always making sure that i had an ice cold coca-cola in my hand drinking it so they saw a guy who looked like a pepsi employee drinking coke everywhere all throughout town it's good that's that's my revenge that's that's phenomenally lived <laughs> comedy so i uh, so so my job was marketing and i and i so we we were in the vending building which was offset from like the the admin campus and some other things which you know was completely disconnected from the warehouse which you know as mm-hmm. a as a uh, route salesman because they don't they don't want to call you drivers because then they'd have to treat you like human beings you. in a different way. Yeah. But you know they call you route salesman so they can you know steal your commission from you. Yeah. I mean that's is that is that legitimately just what they would do? That's what I was told. Like okay. I, I don't know if that's specifically what it is, but I know that I had you. What's really weird is and I think this might have been getting in trouble is because they require you to have a CDL. Uh huh. But then they won't pay you as and they make you drive a truck. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's a brick truck. Like some of them are the one big piece, but some of them, a lot of them were that had the you know the actual kingpin that, that holds the trailer to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and you required a CDL to have it, but then they didn't pay you like a driver that has a CDL. They just paid you as like a guy who were to put like so- cases of soda in the back of his car and run it down to like the convenience store. Yep. You know, like it's, it's and those hours were long. I don't know how yours were. 
Uh, I mean, so my, my I was just eight to five, man. I was in at eight. I was out at five every now oh, and then. Lucky I'd work you. a little bit extra, but I mean, again, I was I was part of the administrative function. Mm. I was not I was not the you know the actual laborer grinding out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, well, that's yeah. what I was. Yeah, I driving a truck everywhere and stocking the shelves and like that was the thing is like I could handle the driving the truck and delivering soda, but like they would make you go in and like stock everything too. Yeah, it's like man, that's gonna take forever, and it did. Like I would get there about five or six a.m. And wouldn't get done till like nine at night, um, yeah. and this was five days a week. And the sixth day, you basically just cried, because your body is broken. Yeah. Um, and then the seventh day, you just cry more because you know the next day you've got to go to work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it it was it was hellish. I did that for about six months to a year. Um, yeah, that was that was a nightmare, man. I, I, they treated me like shit. I remember one time I cracked my ribs when I was there because. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't stack your, because whenever you have the big things of soda, you get the plastic shells that they go in, like mm-hmm. all the, like just bottles and stuff. And uh, if you didn't stack your shells in just the right way and t- you know count them up and organize them real good for the guys in the warehouse, uh, they would get mad. Um, and you know what? Like at nine o'clock at night, I've just spent so much time physical labor. I don't feel like climbing around my truck putting shells together when they can do it. You know, so uh, sometimes I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, every now and then, what they would do is whenever they'd stock our truck for the next day, they would, there's this divider between the two sides of the truck. They would climb over the divider and then kick all the sodas against the door. Um, so that way, whenever the driver would open the door, all the sodas would fall on. So like, this is just, it wasn't even just a shitty environment because management is a shitty environment because you guys were pitted against one another. Everybody's long hours dumped into everybody else's long hours. And everybody hates each other instead of hating the people they need to hate. You know? like, Before I went to work there, and this should have been a red flag. I mean, I, I took the job because I needed a job. Like, needed to, you know, it was like, I had choosers. not been, I had not worked for like two and a half months, mm-hmm. three months, whatever. And it's like, I had expected, like I had thought I was going to get that job three months prior. Like I put in notice at a job like thinking i was gonna have that job like i had two jobs i was like in in the in the state like final stages running for and like was like okay cool i'm i'm good to go one of these two pants that was one of the dumbest mistakes of my life just, <laughs> like safely assume that i'm gonna jump out here anyway reel it back in um somebody that i knew's kid worked there somehow whatever then fucking knife fights man the fuck? Knife, <laughs> knife fights, knife fights. K N I F E stab stab like fights. Man, I thought those only happened in my basement. Nope. Wow, that's nope. crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in my defense, it is not like they're not really gonna hurt each other. It's just toddlers with knives in my yeah, basement. Yeah, okay. just we <laughs> we just we actually we actually tie. We, we, we duct tape it to the kids and let them, let them go. It's yeah. fun. They love it. We hang balloons out. It's great. It's great. Exactly. It's like pinatas only. Uh, Blood. <laughs> Blood is sometimes involved. High, it's high stakes pinatas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you got all those guys with tattoos screaming down there like, stab him, finish him. <laughs> but it's uh, all good. So the uh, how far can we take this joke and be PG thirteen? I want to go back. No further. I want to go back to shit talking Pepsi. That's what I really came here to do. That's, That's really it. what this whole podcast. This was whole all about. thing is just just, just like a, the long me. fuck you Pepsi. <laughs> I can get on board with that. I okay. so so we're in the we're in the top of this building. I'm like two desks over uh, Harry L. Crisp the second, uh, which is how you know he inherited the business. Yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
decides he's going to sit up in our department in this like empty sales manager office that was just there. And so for like a month and a half, I just watched grown ass men come into this room and be terrified over and over again of what this man was going to say or think or do like the worst thing that this dude couldn't just do is fire you. Yeah. Like what? what he's not going to have you arrested because you like told him that Pepsi basically just tastes like water, sugar and brown. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, dude, I, somebody, somebody told me that like they, they, um, that his dad and Bob Butler cut a deal for him to keep that plant in Marion and that they that the city of Marion comps them all of their water. I don't know if that's true or not. It now I'm be. getting into Joe Rogan territory. I don't know if it's true, man. Yeah, I'm not it's a scientist, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure 9/11 was an inside job. <laughs> no, no. So so like that's that's what that's what a handful of people had had told me. Don't know if it's true or not, but like if so, it's like that's that's fucked. Like you're literally you're literally stealing a public resource yeah. and selling it for profit. It's not even that way. expensive. Like, come yeah, on, well, it's not even like it's, you know, it's a is, principle is, of ne- it, really. is Nestle a massive, you know, thousands of percentile profiteer off of these small towns that they siphon water off of their systems from? Yes. But is, are, is Nestle still paying for these things? Yes. And that's like a, a difference there. Like, okay, Nestle may be doing all this awful stuff, but they're still paying for that water. But it was like, funny. you're it's literally like, just not even paying for the water. So wait, wait. So does that mean crisp water is literally people buying back water that they've already paid for? Because taxpayers are putting the bill on that. Someone's got to pay for it. Yeah, it sure is what it sounds like, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just basically if they're selling you bottled water. They're selling you back water you've already purchased. Uh, the the least the the least ethical job I've I've ever had, and it's not even like it's not even about their like trying to sell the product, mm-hmm. right? It's like how much plastic it produces. Like it's it's gross. Like as we drink out of these plastic bottles here, right? right? right. But it's like something's got to change in the consumer world, man. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's like I don't know the best way to handle it because apparently recycling is kind of like bullshit. Like every, everything that's been out there, that's like, well, really, it's uh, recycling is just another you know ploy by big plastics to not give you get you to give a shit uh, about how bad they really are for the environment. Well, apparently recycling is like it's it can be done really intelligently, smartly, but like most places don't like they just yeah. don't do it in a way that's like cost effective or, you know, like effective at all for the environment. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, that's, I'm not a scientist, but uh, I just play one in my onesie. Yeah, I just play. Do I look I look like a scientist, though? I mean, I could play a scientist. No, here's the deal, man. I work <laughs> with scientists that work in Tyvek suits. It's a thing. You know, mm. that that I'm pretty just, sure they don't have a tail, though. Oh man, Tyvex with a tail. Great. <laughs> I'm so glad that you stood up to show everyone. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> My ridiculous costume. Oh. Yeah, that's something that I struggle with even now. But uh, back to comedy. Yeah. Uh, on stage stuff, I struggle with even now because I remember you said like stand out. I remember you gave me the incredibly good good advice of stand out because everybody comes up here in t-shirt and jeans. I told you to embrace looking like Louis C.K. and put a suit on, but that just did. wasn't you, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, that's not me. I want to do the onesie thing, you know, or I want to be I want to be ridiculous because yeah. I'm. I, I hate it when people take themselves way too seriously, especially when doing comedy. Yeah, like you're up here to make people laugh and get rid of the seriousness. You know what you need to go with your onesies? Mm. A pogo stick. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I don't wouldn't be able to do the comedy bit while I'm doing it, but yeah, I can no. enter on the pogo stick. Like, that, like that's a, that's an entrance, right? Yeah, like, for you, sure. You in a onesie, pogo sticking onto the 
and then Pogo sticking off the. I, I feel like it. the best way that's gonna work is if I learn how to take a fall and just eat shit as I come on the stage, <laughs> just just come out bouncing and then just friggin' just eat crap shit. on the floor. Yeah, just just fall and make it look really painful. Falls are no good. Uh, falls falls are bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I want to do that, but I mean, yeah. So I went from the onesies for a while to a suit and tie, and people really seem to like the suit and tie. Yeah, but you um, don't like the suit. But I don't like the suit and tie. And that's like, what, yeah, like, you got to serve yourself first, man. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's really what I came down to is like I started uh, looking at like a lot of the greats that have done comedy, and I'm not saying I'm anywhere near a great, you know, yet. Um, hopefully one day I will be, yeah. um, but I'm nowhere near. But they, they all said just like, if somebody else doesn't like your style, fuck them. You know, yeah. like you do, you do. If you think it's funny, there's other people out there that's gonna think it's funny. You know, if you want to present yourself in a certain way, people are gonna like that. And if nothing else, the ones you stand out, like you recommended. Um, I am kind of concerned at some point. Like sometimes I do have to reel in my jokes to be more broad appeal, because mm-hmm. um, I'll say a joke sometimes that's like it'll make me laugh. Like I love. There's some jokes that I write and I absolutely love them. They make me laugh so hard. But I'll say it up on stage, and it's just like it just lays there. Dead. Have you been writing through all this? Uh, a lot of it, yeah, yeah. You, but so I haven't had, performed any of it. Writing. Like, okay. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to perform any of it. That's well, why no. I really one day hope that the varsity can open back up again. You know, I know we got like a year before yeah. realistically we can do that, um, at least. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see where all that happens. But yeah, I mean, uh, I've still been writing. I uh, do we talk about? Should we avoid talking about drug use? We can talk about drug use. Okay. All right. Um, I I am I sell weed now. <laughs> Fair enough. Dan, my that is my job. I am I am Oh really? Weed. Yeah, no, hey. dude, I like I work for the uh the cannabis grow facility oh, fuck by yeah, the dude. airport. Now I am the the marketing person there. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, man. I would have I would have never guessed. And it's what's so cool is it's it's a mix of uh you know where I'm at in, in the admin again always because I don't actually work for a living. Um, <laughs> I just, hey, if man, you can find like, a job I mean, not la- working for a living. labor, man. Labor underpins everything. Um, the uh, the casual professionalism of the cannabis industry is neat to experience. Hmm. Color me it's, it's got a it's got a lot of it's got a lot of stuff to to polish. There are a lot of components that really need like better thought out and not from a sense of like safety and, and regulating for the consumer, but really like creating an accessible market for folks. Mm-hmm. Right. Like right now you got to have money to play. Yeah. Right? You can't just plant some seeds and I'm in business. Right. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not the farmer's market. Right. Yeah. Apparently the government, like you have to apply for like a special license to be able oh, to yeah, just dude, grow it's, anyway. It's a hundred thousand dollars just to apply for the license. Ooh wee. Good Lord. Yeah. God damn. It I really want to get some money off that. So yeah, no, yeah. Talk about, talk about cannabis consumption. Okay. You're more than welcome to. All right. Well, I mean, uh, you know this, like I haven't, I've only been as, uh, consuming cannabis, cannabis for about a year. Uh-huh. Um, so shortly, I want to say it was like right as it became legal. Um, and it's it's different, man. Like as as an adult, as someone who's never done it, like mm-hmm. there's so many things that I have to like call my friends that I know they've done it and ask them, "Is this normal? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what the shit? 
Um, like <laughs> times I'll feel like my the sides of my brain are switching. Like I'll feel like, oh man, if I move my left arm, my right arm raises like crazy shit like that. I like, wish I wish we did that to me still. Well, That'd I mean, be cool. <laughs> you just take like a month break. You'll be okay. Um, but yeah, like it, weird stuff like that. And I, I still need more data to determine this, but I think I'm funnier whenever I'm high. I'm not sure. So I, I've given, I've given you feedback on this and I can't remember what it was. I remember you said that. Yes, but we only, that was only one instance though. Like I want more data. You, want... the, you like, there's a certain, there's a certain level of, of high that you get that like smooths yeah you out that's very true like yeah. I, I there's you can't you can't go too much because you will fall off yeah right and and struggle to to keep pace but there is there is a level at which like your jitters go away from a small amount of consumption yeah and everything just kind of seemingly gets organized and flows out a little bit better and i was gonna ask you if this is normal does it does time slow down for you or like time see time dilation no, for me, Man, it's like... time just slows down because it's 2020. No, that's fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> or it speeds up, or the whole reel of time just catches on fire and bursts into Pretty much. Uh, the ether. You Father know, Time's just getting just destroyed right now by, well, uh, PG-13. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like for me, like I'll, I'll partake, and then I'll feel like time is slowing down. Like mm -hmm. I'll be like, man, is that microwave's been going for 15 minutes, but it's only been like two. Like, will this Hot Pocket ever get done? Because I know it's going to taste delicious. It's going to be amazing. Uh, <laughs> could pair perfectly with the Funyuns and Easy Cheese and, you know, $50 bottle of wine. <laughs> Jeez. Somebody likes their wine. No, not really. It's My wife gets a lot of wine sent to her. Is she even like a wine club? Uh, No, just her and a lot of her girlfriends like wine. And they like, you know, oh, have you tried this wine? You know, and yeah. That's fifty dollars later, you're like, "Why did we just spend fifty dollars on a bottle of wine?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. know, honey. Why'd you just spend fifty dollars on an eighth of weed? Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't really, uh, can't really. Yeah, I don't know how much it is. Like, at, uh, is I'm gonna guess it's probably more at a dispensary, isn't it? So, um, dispensary pricing is is interesting. There's there's two sides of it. There's medical pricing uh, that involves nearly no tax, like maybe like. A percent and a half like it's very it's considered medicine and and mm -hmm. from that perspective there is a there's a minimal tax on it and then there's the recreation where there is obsessive tax on it which i mean it's it was brought open as a revenue generator right? well yeah like, yeah that's true no no bs now the question is now uh, the other thing is the market has been built to expand but not like rapidly like it was purposely constricted for supply, to meet, for supply to meet demand uh, and for prices to be seemingly artificially higher than what they need to be. Um, because you're, Why wouldn't you're, they want it to grow fast? Just because they don't want a bubble? Well, there's there's the other side of it that, like, you can only, you know, there's there's got to be the ability for people to grow the cannabis, to create the extracts, to do all those other things and actually meet the market, right? So there's, there's only so many grow facilities in Illinois. That will continue to expand there are only so many dispensaries in illinois right now that will continue to expand um you know more and more people will consume um and it just all the all the things are we're not in a mature market yet i guess that's that's all i'm trying to say is that there are there are a lot of things to come along from the actual retail front to the manufacturing base to the actual consumer base that just are are not 
have not all met on the same plane yet. Um, and then the people that ultimately feel the brunt of it are the people that have been participating in this market for, you know, five plus years as medical cannabis patients. And mm. it's just, it's, it's really interesting to see it from an inside perspective, like, and not just from, you know, the operations perspective, because the operations perspective doesn't touch on as much of that stuff. But I see a lot of the client facing activity because you know, I see it all on social media and like everybody's statements and what they have to say and, and the problems that they, that they feel like they themselves as a consumer experience in the market. I'm going off onto a tangent <laughs> that what I should really just be telling you is yes, it's about a third or more expensive than purchasing off of a black market. A good chunk of that is wrapped up in taxes. Mm-hmm. Another part of that is wrapped up in, uh, you know, just the, the uh, cost that, uh, occurs from a you know manufacturer standpoint and then from a retail dispensary standpoint just because it's a very intricate world i mean if there is one or two people in a cannabis store in the middle of the day there's still 15 people working at that cannabis store mm-hmm. right even though there may be a line of 200 people later that afternoon during the middle of the day there's still only those it's a lot of labor yep overhead a lot of labor, a lot of, lot of security. So do those people like need to be there? Is it one of those things like you could just have like a lunch rush? Like oh, a- there, there, I don't know if it's that there's, there's a lot of components to just like regulations. You got a lot of people, like if somebody comes in, like they've got to be, they've got to be tended to, right? Like they're either, they're either in line or getting attention from somebody. Hmm. Um, so I kind and- of wonder if, like I'm hoping it gets to the point where there's basically like tobacco. Like you just walk into a freaking convenience store, buy like, a pack, right. and huh? Buy a pack, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I have no doubt that eventually it will get there. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of it takes time, you know. Yeah. Like it needs to be legal everywhere first. Just not the not in the. This is this is my legal disclaimer for working it uh, for working in the industry. Won't be destructive like tobacco. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things, like, we don't know everything about it yet because there's been so little research. Yeah. Like, as far as we can tell, it's harmless. Yeah. You know, but we, whenever it's, like, a felony to research it, like, what we need, we need more research, you know, yeah. to find out what it is. No, but that's the truth. A buddy of mine had a really crazy theory about, like, uh, COVID uh, is killed by pot smoke. So <laughs> it's just, like, smoking every day to make sure that he didn't get COVID. <laughs> he still hasn't got it, so maybe. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's working. Maybe it's working. Maybe, man. How, uh, so what, so getting into cannabis as an adult, um, I mean, was was it comedy that brought you to it? You were just like, hey, I want to try this out and see how this affects this. Um, or were you like, were you looking for self-medication? Were you looking to just... Well, my life is incredibly uh, a painful experience, and rather than end it, I decided to numb myself. No. Um, <laughs> uh, comedy, like, it didn't really have that much of an effect on it, other uh-huh. than now I know a bunch of people I can buy weed from. Yeah. <laughs> um, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, but, yeah, like, it was more of a pain thing because uh, I've got a lot of injuries, um, from mo- some of them from sports, uh, mm-hmm. most of them from just being a dipshit. Uh-huh. Um, and one of them, my biggest injury was uh, I was lifting a wood chipper in the back of a truck with somebody. And it was a big wood chipper, big gas powered wood chipper. Um, and the other guy, uh, I guess he was just couldn't handle it. Uh, he wasn't strong enough or what. But like he just said, I can't instead of saying I got to put it down. He just said, I can't and drops it. You know, so I'm left holding this like 
400 pound oh shit wood chipper yeah like completely awkwardly and it just rips right across my back and i couldn't walk for like a week two weeks oh no yeah and it was rough so was, <laughs> and when i say did week you, two weeks i mean that's proper, before i went to the doctor and then i was on my flat on my or? back for six months sorry go ahead no no just did you get proper medical attention for that um not at first just because i didn't have insurance and yeah. i was terrified of what it was going to cost yeah um but it just came to the point where i i at the end of two weeks i couldn't walk and i was, I was like all right well i i guess i need to go uh to the doctor and then they're like yeah you've you screwed everything up, man. Like you, you're, you're rough shape. So now I, now I got to live with it for the rest of my life. Cause it, I probably just waited too long. Like I, I don't know what it is, but I mean, you I, le- legitimately, like I would, I would encourage you to there. I mean, there are, can- there, there are doctors around the area that prescribe cannabis and like what you have sounds like one of those things that qualify you for a medical cannabis card. Yeah. And I, and I'd like to get one, but isn't it like four hundred dollars to I get no one? idea i i will have to look that up like i've read i've read stuff around it like i i just don't recall what the cost for for a card well cannabis was. medical cannabis does it like i'm gonna ask a silly question no. i've heard it doesn't get you high but does no, it so so it's all it's all the same stuff uh, okay yeah, i figured it was but. yeah yeah so they they do have i mean they they create all sorts of different and products from it everything from like tinctures to compounds and rubs like you know they'll take people will take biofreeze and like infuse it with cannabis right there's a bunch of yeah well not to smoke it um, <laughs> 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 there for a second i'm like what the fuck oh yeah um, <laughs> you really want your lungs to be on fire <laughs> <laughs> so they um so the um the, you know there's there's um you know a lot of the cbd stuff there's there's a lot of like cross strain like two to one, mm-hmm. you know, bunch of, bunch of CBD content that's still got a higher THC content than your just off the shelf CBD product. That's limited yeah. to 0.03% THC. Like right? indica versus uh, sativa. I think is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. So there, those are the two common like, like strains terms. that people think about. Really, yeah. really it's all one big, um, you know, plant classification, but I, I don't. I'm not educated enough on that to go down that rabbit hole either. I went yet. down it a little I'm, bit, but I'm learning. There's, a, I'm learning a lot. Well, and a lot of, okay. Well, maybe like I've just been doing a lot of research on it because I want to make sure it was safe before yeah. I started doing it. Um, but I didn't know that marijuana plants, the ones that we use, are all female. Because um, uh-huh. what they do is uh, the the resin that actually works for us, like mm-hmm. it's just high and stuff, is uh, the basically it's frothing. The female is is trying to get all sticky to catch that male uh-huh. good stuff. Um, so basically, what we're doing is when we create uh, pot plants that are really good, really high potency, uh-huh. is we're separating them from males so they can't get pollinated. Uh-huh. Um, so they create more and more and more and more resin. So we're basically creating sexually frustrated female plants. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Very relaxing when you take plant. I feel I'm such a wuss. Like I feel bad for everything that ever suffers, even plants. Aww. I'm like, man, I want these plants to get I want these plants to smash. I'm gonna watch these plants smash, man. I'm gonna help, <laughs> I'm gonna help those those male and female plants get together. Let me let me, <laughs> let me get that smash. Uh, oh but, my god. Yeah, um, a good time. Has it has has it helped like do you, I mean, have you, did you also do stuff like half, did, were you like taking painkillers and other things and like. Yeah, I am actually, uh, I am, I'm for willing to admit I'm, I'm addicted to opioids. Like okay. I, I, I'm not getting them illegally. I'm not yeah. doing heroin. I'm just taking what I'm prescribed, you know, on those doses. But I'm to the point now where I take it just to not have withdrawal. Yeah. 
Um, I don't do it because it stopped working yeah. pain-wise a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I started doing, you know, smoking weed, and and it does help a lot actually. It, it helps to where I still know the pain is there, but I don't care as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the the Norco that I'm taking, which is basically generic Vicodin, I mm-hmm. think is what it is. Um, that if I go more than like ten hours without it, I start to feel it. Wow. Like I start to feel something pulling me down, and that, that I, I with the way it's been depicted in media. Like in you know shows and stuff like that, withdrawal symptoms mm-hmm. from uh, opioids. Like, I'm terrified. Like I, I just take it because I am horrified of what I'm gonna have to go through um, whenever I, I'm done with it. And it, have you, I mean, have you talked to your doctor about this? Like, has this been a conversation or with a doctor? I say your doctor. I'm, I don't have a primary care physician. Like, no, I'm, it's fine. Yeah, I've talked to my doctor about it, and she's really cool. And she's like, well. I don't think you should stop it just yet because I do think it is still doing something for your pain and you just uh-huh. kind of don't realize it. Um, and I, I kind of agree with her a little bit, maybe, you know, I, I, I can't say no, no until I actually get off it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it, it, she said, we can help you out with some of the symptoms, but you are going to be uncomfortable. She's like, hey, I can help you out with some of it, but it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. I'm like, well, wonderful. But she's like, good news is it won't kill you. Like you, you won't die from the withdrawal. You won't. I'm like, well, that's that's some comfort to know that whenever I'm wanting to die, I won't. <laughs> whenever I want the sweet release of death, it won't come. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's going to be really really unfortunate, and I'm going to have to do it at some point. I just keep yeah. putting it off. How yeah. long has this been? I've been on my pain medicine for six years. So. What yeah. was it like before? Um, before the pain, it was pretty rough. Like it was it was bearable, but like to the point where. I don't know if I've ever told you the story about, and I still kind of am this way, like pain can make you a dick. Mm-hmm. Like it can make you really, really grumpy. Yeah. And I kind of didn't notice it kind of snuck up on me. Like chronic pain was kind of worse just because mm-hmm. like I was slowly morphing into this asshole. Um, and I didn't like who I was becoming. Like I really hated who I was. Uh, I, I was like looking back, cause you're supposed to kind of look back five, 10 years and like see how much you've grown, you know, as a person. Mm-hmm. I was looking back five and 10 years and saying, I want to be that guy again. Like, I want to be that guy who wasn't snippy with people that he cares about, you mm-hmm. know, like who was really, uh, you know, basically just angry. Like, I didn't want to be angry anymore. And I knew the pain was a big part of that. It was making me pissy. Uh, so I started on the pain meds. And I'm not going to lie, the first couple of weeks, man, I understand addiction now. <laughs> I understand why people get addicted to that feeling because mm-hmm. that's a great feeling. Uh, because, like, imagine, like, the comfort you feel whenever, like, say you're in a warm bath or like on a, on a massage uh, a chair or something mm-hmm. like that, that that little bit of relief and pain or, you know, pain relief that you get from that small spot. Imagine every cell of your body feeling like it's sort of vibrating in a very comforting way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what it feels like. It's like every cell of your body feels like, man, you're you're comfortable. Like you you are comforted on like almost a spiritual level and that's a hard feeling to say no to, you know, and I'm lucky enough to where I can, I can do that. I can say, all right, you know, that's, here's my six o'clock pill. It doesn't do anything anymore. You know, it doesn't give me that feeling anymore, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of sucks. And I understand why people start taking more pills because they want to get that feeling back. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, my home life is not in such a bad state that I feel like I have to numb myself. Yeah. Uh, which is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yet. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I'll get there. Don't Shots worry. Shots fired. Warning. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's a really long-winded, unfunny explanation of, no, I do man, drugs. We're, but, no, we're, no we're, we're, we're allowed to, like, have a little bit of this serious talk. Oh, for right? sure. Like, I, I've, I think... done, I've done more talking than I've needed to no, this man. evening just because it's been, it's been nice to. I love the sound a... of your dulcet tones, my friend. <laughs> I don't know what dulcet Aww. means. I feel like you just turned a little red, buddy. What is what does dulcet mean? I don't know what dulcet means. Dulcet, yeah. Dulcet oh, dulcet. Tone. Yeah, dulcet tone, tones. It's just Still like very soothing and relaxing. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're gonna make out in the parking lot later. Just I want to put that out there. Yeah, it's on yeah. the internet now, so you have to do it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Hey, man, <laughs> I'll deep fake your face on someone else's body. It's, it's tight. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be from like a social distance though. We're gonna social distance <laughs> make out in the parking lot. I got that kind of tongue, ladies. We're, we're just both gonna have to be on a different side of the tree, and we're gonna kiss through the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got that long of a tongue, ladies and gents. I guess you know, not to not to discriminate. <laughs> um, the I'm I hated I hated. At Pepsi, that they made you shave. Yeah, that did suck. The the regimentation of activity was was bullshit. Yeah, and uh, surprised but, we didn't have to get up there early in the morning and all salute the flag. Oh <laughs> God, PG thirteen. Oh, oh man, <laughs> you may need to edit this out. No, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I not may. for my protection. Fine, like if you're fine with it being in, I'm fine with it staying no, in. No, no, no. There, there, there are going to be edits. In this particular <laughs> podcast, that's I don't usually do them, but they're gonna happen in this one. That just is what it is. Well, there's no it has my stamp if you want to leave it. It's, it's it. not just it's not just you. Like I I went off the rails about other shit, and I was just like oh, I don't want to fucking your podcast, dude. I'm sure you could like do like the the fade cut where you're like fade to yourself like talking a little bit more like a few seconds later and then fade to make it look like you've been talking for hours yeah so i just, like i just go with like the drop cut like psh, psh, like yeah. from from one to the other and i and i've done that like i i've had i've had a couple people like hey can we can we cut out that one can we cut out that one spot i just i didn't like uh you know this or that the other thing like hey you you, you asked me a question that was uh you know a little off uh and and yeah, I just wasn't super comfortable with it. Okay, cool. But the fake like, is so I did funny, that, though. I did that in the very first podcast, like I brought up, um, I brought up some somebody in a way that, um, you know, it was, it was preferred not to, um, mm. you know, that was that was not part of the conversation, right? Like between the me and the and then uh, the person that I was interviewing, there was not. Um, no, I get you. The, the third person was not in the room. Sorry, I'm trailing off. No, no, no. I get, yeah. I don't get exactly what you're saying. Like everybody has to be comfortable with what's being said on the podcast, not yeah. just like one or two people. Like the whole room needs to be comfortable with what's being talked about. Well, and and like who like who who can you pull out in conversation and make part of a show versus like who do you who do you leave dormant and like you know what what is okay like part of what I'm what I try and do with this is like draw these you know uh, you know relationships like show the interconnectivity between people but like at the same time that doesn't that doesn't always like sound it isn't always like spot on right yeah. so every now and then there's a little there's a little tweak that needs to be made i'm working on it like i feel like i've done pretty well to to juggle stuff it's it's not it's something you just have to do to get better at and you're yeah. you're obviously getting really good at it man i mean like i'm proud of what you've set up here dude like this is better than any podcast setup i've personally ever been to like it's it's really good. Oh and, shucks, thanks. Oh buddy. yeah. <laughs> um, you got the social distancing thing going. Like you've thought of everything here. Like, oh it's yeah, really good. The, and and that's key to it. Like I don't, you know, there's there's the 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 actually, you know, if we're gonna be in the same room, 
and have our face unmasked. Like there's got to be something to it, right? Yeah. Anything, anything from airflow to distance to whatever else. Like, uh, you know, it. I've I've stayed pretty, pretty mindful of that, and and I've been real real happy with the results yeah. thus far uh, as well. You put out a lot of shows in like two months, haven't you? Like how many shows you got? Episodes? This is 23. 20, 20, oh, how it's, many? It's 23. 23, all right. Oh, yeah, it says right there on the screen, doesn't it? <laughs> a monitor. See, I'm too connected with you, my friend. Oh, like, thanks. This, oh, this yes. pales in comparison to you. Like, you just take all the light out of the room. Well, that's because I have the light switch handy. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> you have the power. Bump, yeah. bump, bump, bump. This is going to get homoerotic really fast, I feel like. Uh, yeah, well, it's getting there. we're loud. I do want to show my hood, too, because I showed you my tail. Yeah. I want to show you my hood. I'm not sure if it shows pretty well or not. Are you a dragon? I'm a dragon. I'm a scary dragon, rawr. What's nice is I can't tell from here, but because the camera's closer, I can look at the screen and be like, oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. a little bit better. I'm a kick-ass dragon, sir. <laughs> rawr. Is there something comforting about the onesies? Like, is there a particular thing, like... Um... How many do you have now? Did I ask you that question already? How many you have? Not on the show. Um, I have like 15 onesies. I bought most of them for the comedy, though. Um, most of them? Which most ones did you of not them. buy for comedy? I did have some. Well, I I, I love inter- embarrassing my daughter so yeah. much. Like, I'll go out dressed like this with her and go to the grocery store and stuff. Um, you, you shut the fuck up. Yeah. I love embarrassing her. It's so great. Like, And not just like usual parent embarrassing, you know, uh, children stuff like we'll be sitting in a crowded building waiting for like the elevator to go up this was like pre-covid time mm-hmm. uh, waiting for the elevator to go up and i'll just look at her and really loudly ask hey you got any cocaine daughter you're 13 no she's 11 now 11 okay, and this so. would have been like when she was like nine or ten years old so i'll be like hey you got any cocaine <laughs> she's like stop i do there so See, that's, that's what's nice about, like, being able to be real with your kids and, like, explain things to them, right? Like, we're, 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 in, the, we're in the world of, like, sex ed talk now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think com- comedy or comedians have a really good leg up on parenting just because, like, we're so raw and real with the way we talk a yeah. lot of times. Like, we, we peel back the la- layers of, like, uh, pretense and, circ- you know, like, all the really highfalutin stuff. And we just, all right, here's the core of what it is, all right? Yeah. Here's... Whenever you're scratching a dog's belly at a party, you always everybody thinks make sure you don't touch the penis while you're scratching the dog's belly. Or else it's gonna get real awkward for you and the dog. <laughs> All right. That's cut number five. <laughs> <laughs> everybody thinks of it. Everybody. If you're scratching the belly of a dog, you always gotta think, I'm not gonna come anywhere near those genitals. Cause the dog kinda wants it. You can tell by the way they're well, if I if I've said that, I'm already gonna cut this dig. <laughs> I'll, I'll just keep get going deeper. Out, just <laughs> get it out. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna cut my save the children part. I know that for sure because that was a tangent that I didn't want to fucking go on. You know, cut that. Oh, oh who, man. Who knows? Oh, I'm playing with what PG-13 means. If in case you can't tell, very, very uh, what's it uh, gender or something licensed you know very uh licensed license. to gender how dare you <laughs> uh what is it ah creative license i guess that's what pg-13 means yeah there we yeah. go that's what i'm gonna say creative, about i mean there's there's a lot of um there's yeah, there's a lot of interpretation for i mean we're we're 
were all the American Pie movies rated R? Yeah, those would have all been rated R. I don't know, actually. I mean, like, if anything came out after I was, like, 14, it didn't matter. You know? Like, it, it's I, – I got into rated R movies because I was able to grow this at 14, you know? Were like, you? Yeah, yeah. It didn't matter. I mean, it wasn't quite as full, but I definitely had the, the facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I po- posited the uh, very important question to myself is, does facial hair count as pubic hair? I don't know because it comes during puberty, but it's not in the pelvic region. Yeah, I think pubic hair has to do with being on the pelvic region. Does it? Okay. Being, yeah. These are the things that keep me the up at pubis. night. Man. The pubis. Not oh, in, pubis? Not, not, like being, pubis. not being hair that came to you in puberty. Okay, all right. I'm not a scientist, Nathan, but <laughs> I think... <laughs> I play uh, one on TV. I think Yeah, but I think 9-11 was caused by pubic hair. That's what... <laughs> I'm going down the Joe what Rogan is, hole again. What is your okay? So what is your podcast about? Like, oh, my podcast. New, yeah, I guess. What is I your talk new podcast? Plug, about? plug, plug. Um, I like to call it Tata. It's uh, too afraid to ask. Uh-huh. Um, it is a podcast where I try to get guests on that are of not like the majority. They're like minorities in some way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. Um, oh, because Coach is black. Yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> <one. laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I had him on the show because he's black. And he's he's going to be like the main co-host. Like he's going to be on most of the episodes. Nice. But uh, the premise is that you t- to ask questions that you were always afraid to ask that might seem racist or get you canceled or something like uh-huh. that. Uh, so like I asked Coach, like, why do so many black guys I see have long fingernails? You know, like that makes no sense to me. And he explained it to me and it's great. Um, he was talking about like back in the day, pimps would grow their fingernails out real long. And that's why some of the young men would grow their fingernails out real long to say they were a pimp, you know? Um, it's questions like that. And the idea isn't to cause controversy. It isn't to, you know, uh, cause a big problem. It's to sort of understand each other better yeah. and come together, you know? Like I feel like the better we understand each other, the more we'll treat each other like humans. Um, and I think that's really important right now is for everybody to just see each other as humans, no matter what. How it did is. you come up to that question? Uh, How were you like black people fingernails? Question. I was watching, uh, I, I can't remember what it was. It was a, a, a movie and I noticed like a lot of the, uh, black guys had like really long fingernails in it. Mm-hmm. And I remember in high school, like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that a lot too. Like, I, I, I kind of wonder why that is, um, let me see. I don't think I've asked this one yet about how black people deal with a sunburn. No idea. Mysteries of the universe. You know, <laughs> uh, I've got a question that I'm going to ask him next episode that was asked to me. A lot of people DM me their their questions. Uh-huh. Um, too afraid to ask the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, their questions and one of them. Three DMs so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot. Uh, we're still just getting started. And then if you do end up looking up the show, just know the audio quality is garbage right now. Uh-huh. Next episode, it will be fixed. I am hoping and praying. Um, but yeah, one of the questions that he's going to be asked next episode is a friend of mine asked me, why is it not okay to touch black people's hair? Uh-huh. Like, cause she said that like their hair is so beautiful and pretty and I want to touch it and play with it. But, and she's it's not, not allowed. And she doesn't know why. I don't know why. I'm sure I could Google it, but I would rather ask, you know, somebody that, that could come up with like a human answer for me, like in, in the room. Um, and one thing I try to say at the top of the, every episode is I don't speak for all white guys, white, straight, bald guys. He doesn't speak for all straight black guys, you know, like whoever is on the show with me, I, I'm willing to change their name if they want to stay mm-hmm. safe. Cause I know people are worried about being canceled right now. Um, you know, and, and I try to keep the questions in a non mocking fashion 
because uh, I have had some emails of people just asking like really questions that are born from nothing. But how hate. many? How how have you like got like? Has this just been through like your personal social media that like you've seen um, stuff, or do you like have a different distribution network? Right now, I'm web. just using Anchor's distribution network where they put it like on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, you know, all the major services. Okay. Um, but as far as like promoting, uh, we're kind of just now getting started. I've done a really terrible job of it so far. Yeah. Uh, because by the time I'm done recording, editing, you know, trying to make the audio not screwed up, um, I'm tired. Like I was like, I don't want to work on this episode anymore. Just yeah. post it. Uh, How much so, time are you putting into like each episode? Um, not as much as I'm making it sound like. Okay. <laughs> Maybe about an hour. Okay. Um, but right now I'm kind of going are, through. How long some, are the episodes? About an hour. How about an hour? Uh, yeah, so I'll record them. Uh, try to put my, my intro at the beginning, uh, extra, uh, you know, outro at the end, and then listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I don't. Just when I say I have two episodes, sometimes I don't, which means I didn't the first episode. <laughs> um, uh, and it got all screwed up. The audio got messed up for that. And now I have to, now I'm going to make sure I listen to every single episode. What do you, what do you, um, yeah, dude, the, the audio thing is like the, the trick with me. Like that's why I'm constantly doing the playback and whatever mm-hmm. else to like figure that out. Yeah. Because like it's, it's scary because you know, you realize that you could have like a three hour conversation with somebody. If the audio screwed up, you'll never catch that magic again. Like you'll never be able to say, all right, let's do another one just like the first one. And it'll be, it won't be, it'll be awkward after yeah. that. You know, um, so if the audio screwed up, you kind of just have to post it with the screwed up audio. Uh, you're you're kind of screwed. But um, yeah, we're we're trying to get that off the ground a little bit, Coach and I. Um, if you have any questions, please let me know. I mean, if you ever want to be on the show, dude, yeah, come on. I don't know I what. Don't. I, I don't <laughs> want to get canceled. <laughs> yeah, this, I'm not this already about that. this is already walking the line. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and I I'm not worried about. Getting, I know you have like political aspirations. No, no, dude, I'm just. Oh uh, no, and I have political aspirations now too. After seeing the train wreck that was the twenty yeah, but yeah, because because area. anybody can be president. <laughs> yeah, uh, literally if, anybody. Yeah, yeah. Now just you know. Let them go. As long as they're rich. Uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, if if I were to ever make it to the highest office in the land, I think my main goal would be to absolve, dissolve the presidency as it re- is right now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's too much power for one person. Like it's just way too much. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not successfully you know i'm not talking about we just re reinvigorate or you know re resurrect the triumvirate or anything but you know like something has to change uh and i would probably defer to somebody who's some kind of expert in democracy and ask them democracy throughout the ages even Mm -hmm. and work with an expert on what would be the best thing to do uh you know to get rid of this incredible power that one person has i would lobby to make sure that Two, two terms for anybody, period. Doesn't matter what the thing is. This is getting way too political. Let's talk about farts. Man, you really don't like politics. Uh, it's, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I know right now it's going to make people angry. It's not that I'm afraid to make people angry. It's you, don't just like, that, you don't like to see people feel hurt or see, yeah. Thank like, you. Yeah, it's a really much more eloquent way of putting it. It's, well, like, it's, an, it's an interesting position to have because you're somebody who, like, has known real physical pain. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like, so you translate this feeling of real physical pain into, like, social-emotional pain and, like, apply that to folks and go, I don't want people to feel the social-emotional version of the physical pain that I felt. Yeah, and that's a really sweet way of putting it. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, that's it pretty much exactly it, and I'm just not as good as putting it. Man, I, we really are going to make out out of this. Like, I'm going to 
We're just gonna have to. We're just gonna have to FaceTime our wives with it. Like, Listen, it, it's it's okay if it's just us and it's you. It's, it's not cheating if I took a video and showed you. <laughs> I don't know why I was pantomiming, hip thrusting there. Uh, I said God, make out. So, there's so much of this. That One I'm step at a time. Out. It's just gonna be like bloop 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 bloop. Did something bloop, happen like, to their feet? I don't weird understand. Cut of like 18 things. It'd be like a, a compilation video on you on freaking Pornhub, just freaking cutting. There, you, there it goes again. There's another one. Cow, <laughs> man. Maybe yeah. we should make it PG instead of no, PG thirteen. Well, the my, I have I have not. I, we, you could put the slap the explicit warning on it. I could slap the explicit warning on it. Well, the the difference the difference is content versus words. So like to this point, like I've just had like shows where we've had curse words but mm. like this show we've talked all over the place no i got it on, yeah. on stuff I, which is uh that's different. one of the things that i'm really learning as a comedian too is actually disguising a dirty joke is like if you get really and i'm still not very good at it but i'm still practicing is like taking a really dirty disgusting joke and like sort of like disguising it as like a wholesome joke uh-huh. um like Jeff Foxworthy does that really well. Like whether you like his comedy or not, whether you like him or not, like the man is a master at disguising dick jokes. Uh-huh. Like he's really good at it. Um, <coughs> it, yeah. it, but it takes a long time to get dangling in a robot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he's talking about like having sex. He's talking about doing that, you know. Like, yeah. but he's but he said it in such a a, a grandma friendly way. Yeah, you know, in that, such a grandma friendly way. I fuck grandmas. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make your life hell, mate. Uh, dude, this is, this is just—I want to smash my head against this microphone. Like, I think you should leave it all in. I think it's all. I feel, but it's up I to feel you. like that's what's gonna happen instead. Your podcast, but yeah, I think you should leave it uh, all in, sir. <laughs> How long do these typically go? I don't want to eat up your whole night, man. Uh, they go until now. Um, <laughs> that's episode twenty-three. The WTF Carbondale podcast, uh, comedian Daniel Campbell. Uh, who knows whether or not I released this whole podcast <laughs> or whether or not it's got like 18 like, cut-ups into it. Here's the deal. What you need to know is right now we've been recording for one hour, 25 minutes, and 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 seconds. Perfect. And you can just... Figure out based off the timestamp of how much other stuff is on here, whether or not I decided to go an extra 25 minutes on this podcast just to have enough time to cut out all the wild ass shit (laughs) (laughs) that either Dan or myself said this evening uh, or whether or not we just left it all in and let it ride. And maybe it ruins us one day. Maybe it doesn't today. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Whatever that one may be.